0: Game tie, game tie, same time. I've been running off. Tell me what I'm doing wrong, wrong, trying to find a path to your heart. Tell me what I'm doing wrong, but I felt it from the start. Get you on my mind, more than all the these Time to talk some basketball, man. Um, obviously. Um, the thing that everyone wants to talk about is LeBron James. Uh, he has accomplished a feat um, that most people, including myself, thought that you know would never be possible. Um, and I think that it's a testament to his uh, physical, you know, stamina, his mental stamina, um, just his overall durability. His ability to just play smart, um, take rest within games. I mean, I think LeBron at this point is, he's, you know, if he was at 100% when he was winning MVP in terms of capacity, he's probably at like 73%. But that 73% is still better than 90% of the league. Yeah. So I think that at this point in his career, you know, once LeBron dips below that sixty-five percent on his on his life meter in terms of basketball, he'll stop, uh, you know, or barring a major injury, which I you know hope doesn't happen, Um, I want to see LeBron continue to win and do well. Um, It's great for basketball. He's never going to pass Michael Jordan, so all the you know Jordan fanatics are going to stay Jordan fanatics. All the Magic fanatics will stay Magic fanatics um and so on and so forth so like I don't really get too caught up in the LeBron James like is he the goat is he not the goat he's not my goat um so I don't really care like I, I I'm just being honest he's not my goat so I don't really care um but I do think that the feat of passing 40,000 points is actually incredible um I, you know like to think Um, Because I was even watching a video, and and we'll watch some of that later and react to that. But even just to think that, um, like, back in the day, sometimes you would have to shoot three free throws in order to be awarded two points, right? And if you missed a free throw and someone scored it, it was, like, one point. But the person that missed the free throw got the point for the free throw, so there's been a lot of weird rules and things of that sort um, that, you know, have like taken away not only from what old scores were able to do, but also add it to, you know, what they were able to do. Because even just the free throw thing and imagine how many missed free throws where an offensive rebound was recorded and that person scored. But that bucket or that point might have went to Kareem. You know what I mean? So I don't really get too caught up in in the in the drama, um, but I think what LeBron has done is amazing, and he should um, he deserves a round of applause for that. I don't have any applause in my um, thing, but he deserves a round of applause for what he's done. Um, I think twenty years is insanity. That level of longevity is crazy. Um, even when you think about old guys or guys that have played to or around this age, like Jordan was a shell of himself, basically playing on one leg. Um, and, you know, you know Kareem, shell of himself. Wilt, older, shell of himself. Um, and then even if you look at guys like Kevin Willis, who wasn't necessarily like a great player. He was an all-star, but he played until he was like 44, 45, I believe. Um, and he was just like a good quality role bench guy, like a Udonis Haslam type of player. Um, so to see that LeBron is still, I don't think he's top 10 anymore. I think he's more like in that 12 to 14-ish kind of range. Um, And we can go through and I can name who the top 10 people that I think, you know, there are right now um, a little bit later. But I just think what LeBron has done is amazing. Um, I cover the Lakers-Clippers game, um, so I witnessed LeBron do that in person. I witnessed that phenomenal performance. I witnessed all of those threes. I was literally in the media booth. When LeBron was standing five feet behind a three-point line, I'm like, please take a LeFuck you 3 Please take a LeFuck you 3 And then he just kept taking them, and he kept making them. Um, he outplayed the Clippers um, by himself in the fourth quarter. He was absolutely phenomenal. And I had only seen LeBron James play in person twice, and the last time I saw him play, he didn't really have a good game versus the Clippers. Um, so to see a vintage... LeBron James, you know, virtuoso scoring performance in person. Um, I'm definitely a believer. Um, He's number two to me. But, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being the second best to ever do something. Like if people regarded me as the second best podcaster ever, like they was like Joe Rogan, number one, TPJ, number two. I would be flattered. You know what I mean? So um, I wouldn't be upset. Like, no, I'm the best. Like, I don't think I'm the best in the world. But I am one of the best to ever do it, if that makes sense. So shout-out to LeBron, man. 40,000 points is crazy. Um, Let's actually pull up what he's did. LeBron, according to StatMuse... He is the only member of the 27,000 point, 7,000 assists, 7,000 rebound club, the 28,000 point, 8,000 assists, 8,000 rebound club, the 29,000 point, 9,000 assists, 9,000 rebound club, the first member of and the only member of the 30,000. 10,000 assists 10,000 rebound club the only member of the 35,000 points 10,000 rebounds 10,000 assists club the only member and the only person to ever score 40,000 points in the nba record 10,000 assists and 10,000 rebounds so i think what lebron has done for his career is like like i, rem- I re i remember like i'm I'm 33. I'll be 34 this year. So when LeBron was coming into the league, I was 13. I was like headed into high school. And I remember, you know, um LeBron being LeBron. Like I don't really even know how to describe it at there Like I just genuinely remember LeBron James being LeBron James. He's always been a a virtuoso in terms of basketball. Um, he was the biggest thing smoking back in 2003. He's still the biggest thing smoking or running right now. Um, even though I do think Giannis in terms of brand as well, he would never be as big as LeBron. But I think in terms of this face of the league conversation that everyone has been talking about, I think Giannis is there. I just think that black people view Giannis as corny. So because they view Giannis as corny and they view LeBron as like cool and this hip. Pop kind of guy, Giannis doesn't really get the 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 level of adulation that I think he deserves. Even like Doc Rivers mentioned it the other day, and we'll talk about the Bucks because the, we talked a lot about the Bucks, um, you know, before in terms of their struggles. Um, but overall, I just look at the landscape of hoops and of ball, and I'm like, Giannis is right there. Um, I think people are looking for a new face of the league, but I don't really know why they are looking for a new face of the league. Giannis is literally right there. His English is much, much improved since when he, fir- you know, since when he first got started. I understand that they want the young guys like Shea and Luca and Wimby to be the face of the league, but if we've been honest, like Giannis is still has ten more years of basketball left if he wants to play. Like, I don't necessarily... Let's see, how many points? Giannis. Career points. Giannis has 18,999 points in his career. Giannis has played... He's played 11 seasons. So... And Giannis did not average over 20 until his third season. So... Theoretically, if Giannis could average over 25 a game for the next eight, nine years, he won't get to 40,000, but he might hit 35,000. He could definitely, I think Giannis has the potential to finish his career as a top five scorer of all time if he wants to. Um, Giannis has uh, got a career year in terms of numbers. Like he's shooting. Excuse me. And Giannis might be the first person in the history of basketball to score over 30 points per game while shooting over 60% uh, from the field. He's currently shooting 61.9%. Um, uh, I'm sorry. He's currently shooting 61.9% from the field goal range. Um, he's actually taking less shots than he took last year. Um, he's actually taking 18.6 shots. That is tied for his second lowest since 2019. So I think to see what he's doing, um, you know, is incredible. I mean, two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, fourth MVP voting three years ago, third MVP voting two years ago, third MVP voting last year, six MVP uh, Defensive Player of the Year voting past 2 years he's been an all-star, he's been first team all defense, first team all NBA. Um so I think Giannis has the potential to maybe crack some of these. Um let's see actually totals. Giannis total rebounds. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis has the chance to I believe crack the nah, actually I take that back. Nah. The shit LeBron is doing is insane, bro. Like, even if I'm looking at Giannis, Giannis will definitely score more than 27,000 points in his career. I wholeheartedly believe that. He will definitely have more than 7,000 rebounds in his career. He has more than 7,000 right now. So he'll definitely, Giannis will definitely get to 10,000 rebounds in his career. He'll definitely get to 30,000 points. But the assist thing is where LeBron is just insane because Giannis is putting up about. 360 assists Round about a year um, Averaging around Like five and a half assists um, He has 3,700 Well well, 3,751 uh, assists in his career uh, So I mean Maybe Maybe LeBron Maybe Giannis can meet LeBron In the 27,000 7,000 7,000 club But like I think Luka will – I think – actually, let's look at what Luka's doing. Let's actually look at what Luka Doncic is doing. Luka Doncic. Let's look at what Luka's doing, actually. Luka in one, two, three – in six seasons has scored – in six seasons, Luka has scored 10,000 points He's grabbed 3,137 assists and 3,287 rebounds. Now, Luka might be the only one that could maybe catch LeBron because Luka's done this in six years, and Luca is still only 25 years old. So let's say, theoretically, Luka plays 15 more years, right? If he scored 10,000 points or he basically had 11,000 points in six years, double that, that's gonna put him at twenty one thousand in twelve years. By the time he's at fifteen years, he's gonna at least be at at at, at uh at twenty five thousand points per game. Um uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not per game. He's gonna be at least at twenty five thousand total points per game. I'm sorry, he's gonna be at twenty five thousand total points. Jesus Christ. Um, and then you just add longevity. But even still, to catch LeBron, you would have to like the numbers that he he would have to play. 20 years and average basically what he's he's basically we have to average over 25 for 20 years I just don't know how anyone catches what LeBron has done um and in terms of stats he's a statistical god there's no arguing that he's a statistical god you have to honor everything that he is and everything that he's done LeBron is a statistical god um and you know it is what it is first and only member of the 40,000 points club, LeBron James. Sorry, that was actually very refreshing. I put an orange uh, peel, I mean, I'm sorry, an orange slice in a Bud Light. Tastes great. Don't drink and drive. Don't drink if you're under 21. Uh, but yeah, shout out to LeBron. Now, let's actually talk about the game. Lakers got smoked again. As you can see, the Joker put on a show um, 35, uh, points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. Absolutely abuse Anthony Davis and Rui Hachimura. Um, passing wizard. Jokic is just like, look at this. This is incredible. Like, what are you supposed to do with a guy that has that type of vision that can rebound? That's as strong as a bear that you don't want to fight that has vision like Magic Johnson or LeBron James. And they can do this. Look at that. Backing down. Uh, uh. Nope. Give me that. Easy pass. Most big men would have tried to take a hook shot or something. Nah. He not doing that. I got a lot of respect for Nikola Jokic's game and the way that he is just able to abuse people and still utilize finesse. Um, his level of finesse and the level of just ease with the ball and ease at, at everything that he's doing, um, it just makes it, you know... Like, amazing to watch. And I've actually watched Jokic play, I think, like, I don't know, maybe four or six times in person. Every time, it's incredible. You're like, how is this guy doing that? Um, So, this is wild, by the way. Jokic to AD. He's smacking it, man. Lakers fans have been. By the way, Lakers fans need to leave Darvin Ham alone, bro. Lakers fans got to leave Coach D Ham alone, dog. For real, bro.
1: Huh? James's representative. And couple things they really going to look at when they make a decision about leaving school or returning to get out of here. year at USC. Number
0: 1. Chris get out of here. LeBron. Man, all right. Look. LeBron, Bronny. I mad respect, G. It's not happening, brother. And if it happens, it only happens sheerly off of nepotism. And I I see nothing wrong with black nepotism. I think black nepotism is beautiful. When black people are able to give each other opportunities, it makes my heart smile. All right? It makes my heart smile. Um, So I just be – I feel bad for Bronny because he had the heart issue. But we got to stop this, bro. There are real high-level college athletes – that are ready to go pro, we need to stop this. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and it's, and it's no disrespect to Braun, no disrespect to Bronny, but let's just be real. Like People complain about Thanasis, and you could argue if, if Bronny is better than Thanasis, I don't know, the, we will never know. But we can clearly see that like this kid is having a tough time getting minutes in college. What makes people think that he's ready for the league? And I get it, LeBron, you want to play with your son, and it's value in that. It. Um, it's something you can't put a put a price on. But at the end of the day, we got to stop it. Like for real, we we have to we have to legitimately stop it because this is it, it, it's it's getting to the point where it's farcical. And like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm coming down on the kid because I I don't dislike Bronny, I got no hate for him. But it's like he, to me, he already was not a pro player. Coming into USC um, And I think, you know, given the issues And the time, I just don't know So, let's go ahead Let's move on Actually And let's go ahead and hop into The NBA, uh oh, we got a guest here Uh oh, somebody actually decided To call in, what's good, brother, how you doing tonight Welcome to the 2 for 1 show, you're here live With your boy TPJ, what's good, bro? Good, Shout out to my guy Rose Courts, man. How you doing, man? Talk to the people. Let them know who you are. What, you, what where you are? Where you from? What you do? What's going on, uh, Rose Courts? You know what I'm saying?
2: Big basketball fan. Uh, I said it in another stream. Been following TPJ and Tavi uh, oh for a grip and a half. You know what I'm saying? Oh uh, uh, yeah, you was I the know. one
0: that was saying that you were following us for. Uh, since uh, I forgot, I'm like, were you 14? <laughs> Nah, since uh, yeah, since like 2014. Yeah, Yeah, shout out to you, bro. Since the beginning, shout out to you. Probably like 20. Nah, nah, 2016, but still. That that the the
2: beginning for y'all.
0: 2016 is when we started.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so especially during yeah, so like since 2016.
0: Calves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, basically, we started the show that November after the Cavs beat the Warriors because I was so mad at yeah. the, at them for <laughs> at them at the at the Cavs for winning and the Warriors for losing, and Pavi was so happy, and we sure, argued about yeah. it the whole summer. He was like, "Man, we need to we need to record this. Let's make a podcast." I'm like, "What you want to call it?" Like, "Man, I just want to drink, uh, beer and talk about basketball." We call it Hoops and Brews, and literally, that's the rest is history. Bro,
2: that's a so real that's literally like uh, every conversation with your dudes and you like you having them sports conversations going hard and y'all mm-hmm. really decided to make something happen. So that yeah. shit is
0: awesome, bro. For sure, but for yeah. sure. Appreciate it. What yeah. you wanna talk about?
2: Man, I kinda of feel like so like I said, I'm from Ohio, midwest shit. I feel like uh you know, LeBron getting the scoring title is a big deal and obviously it's like a a big it's a big statement you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying but as a as somebody that's followed his career I really feel like that 40 10 and 10 is so aggressive upon the stat books you know what I'm saying that it's really like such a that's a whale you know what I'm saying like that's a whale stat to have yep. you has a a, a a triple double with the 40k like that's not yeah. that's never been done is there yeah. somebody with 30 10 and 10.
0: No, uh, hold on. Wait a minute. I actually have the graphic I was just had on the show. Here we go. Le- this is the oh, the, yeah. This is the graphic. So LeBron is the only player to ever do to ever do all of this to ever score twenty seven thousand points, seven thousand assists, seven thousand rebounds, thirty thousand points, ten thousand assists, ten thousand yeah. rebound. Like now, I will say this. Yeah. Because he caught eight, and he only wound up playing, which was really like 11, He really like a real actual. Magic Johnson was right. for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Magic numbers is damn near like, hold on. Let me, let me see if I can find them and pull them up just so that way we can be looking at the same thing. If for you sure. look oh hell, no, I ain't trying to look at his coaching record. I'm sorry. <laughs> Cause you know how like <laughs> on, uh, on basketball reference, if somebody coach or whatever, they have all different records, uh, right. Matt. But if you look at Magic Johnson's numbers, uh, Magic Johnson for his career in at many seasons, where the hell is the totals Oh totals magic had seventeen thousand points, ten thousand assists, and six thousand five hundred and fifty nine rebounds so okay. if magic would have played like like when, when did bird retire like i'm, I'm sorry i 'm sorry technically technically magic was drafted in seventy nine so if magic which even when he caught as, he was still in peak physical form he had just went to the fucking finals right um so let's say magic plays another eight years. Magic probably would have twenty five thousand points uh fifteen thousand assists and like nine thousand rebounds he would probably but 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 do you understand what I'm saying like that's how yeah, that's insane how- the numbers that LeBron has been putting up actually is, so like I've been a a very staunch, like, uh, non-LeBron James supporter for my entire (laughs) Hoops and Brews career. But, you know, it kind of, after a certain point, you just kind of got to let go. But also, as I said, to open up this show, I, you know, LeBron will never be better than Michael Jordan to me. And that's okay. That's okay. But, But also, as I said, he's number two. I don't think like I like you you can't argue that any you cannot argue that there is a basketball player that has existed other than Michael Jordan that 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 has been a better all-around basketball player than LeBron James. And and no disrespect to Cap, but Cap couldn't do defensively what Michael Jordan could do defensively. Cause Mike could go and he could guard one through three and he's an all NBA first team level defender while giving you 30 to 35 a night and five assists and six rebounds. And usually going to give you a half a block or or near a block while giving you two to three steals a game. Like what cap did was absolutely amazing. But if we talk, if we want to talk about the greats athletically cap and him don't compare if to me personally, I know he didn't win as many rings as as Jordan or LeBron, but I even have, if we talk about greatest basketball players of all time, I have Wilt Chamberlain. Like It's a video that I'm going to play and I'm going to go through a little bit later um, on a show that I'm going to react to live, but it's called um, How the NBA Made Scoring Easier. And it talked about basically how, like, during the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, like you, like to start out, you can only dribble on top of the ball. Then they allowed you to dribble on the side of the ball. Now you can literally cup your hand all the way underneath the ball. Before, <laughs> in, in, in literally in the 70s and 80s, if the offensive player initiated the contact with the defender, the offense, it was called offensive foul every time. Before they fully implemented the gather step, you literally only could take two steps and it was a travel. Before, if you fumbled the ball, like, you know how people would be, like, dribbling and the ball might get loose and they fumble it away? That would be called a travel. So, like, it's so much stuff that they've – I'm for real. It's it's like even – you know how big men I'm back each other – I'm glad they took
2: that shit out. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, you know how the big men back each other down? Yeah. Kareem wasn't even – like, they were not able to do that at all back then. Like, if, like, like you, like, because of the, of the defensive rules, you could set up things in certain, certain ways back then. But physical contact was, like, people talk about, and even the video talks about it, people talk about physical contact in the NBA being a big thing. Physical contact and physicality wasn't really a thing until the 80s and the 90s when they relaxed all the physical contact rules that they had because they started getting so much TV viewership. They were just kind of letting whatever happened go because they wanted kind of the flow of the game. But if you look, and he literally broke down for 30 minutes all of the different rule changes that they made in basketball to make it easier. And and it's definitely – now, I will say this. Wilt Chamberlain's points were way harder to score than LeBron James' points. All right. I, I no, 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 no. No, no, no. Listen, listen. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm because I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. Yep. Because I bet you didn't know that Wilt Chamberlain used to dunk all his free throws. I recently heard that, <laughs> and they changed the rule because he was the only person that could literally jump That's from the is. free throw line and dunk. That's insane. Was this and a back, running start? Yes, but back then it didn't matter. You just had to shoot <laughs> the ball. Back then you could jump on your. Back then you could jump on your free throws, and as and you could take a couple step, gather, and right. and shoot from the free throw line. But they literally changed the rule so he could not dunk from the free throw line anymore. Like back then, he couldn't back anyone down. If he made contact, like, you know, like really in his prime, if he made contact with a defender as the, as like the, like, now Harden and Kawhi and even LeBron lean into people and get these fouls, they couldn't do any of that back then. So if you get in buckets, you literally just got to get buckets with none of the physicality that that the like if people want to talk about the game of basketball being physical and players not being able to play. If you want to talk about the 80s and the 90s, cool. But before the 80s and the 90s, the game was not that physical because it was refereed like it was it was refereed very, very ticky tacky. So like their buckets, his buckets is way harder, way harder. Way harder. And they didn't have three seconds in the key back then. So you, so you could they – actually, they didn't even have a lane when he started.
2: Yeah, that, that I've seen
0: them old courts. They, uh, yeah, so, like, LeBron. I'm not disrespecting what LeBron has done. I'm just saying that, like, He's LeBron will fun. never be my GOAT. But That's guys true. like Kareem, Wilt, Mike, and even magic ha- and bird as well have that have the ability to forever be in that conversation. So no matter what LeBron does from this day forth, he's always going to still be where he is to me in that conversation. You can go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, that's a fact. I mean like uh all of the greats their uh, their stones have already been made, you know saying, already been casted and written, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the blessing of of uh being able to see it. But the problem is though, I get what you're saying in comparison as time goes on, people are going to compare them differently because the rules have changed. That's, that's a, I think that's pretty much existed all through basketball. Right. And I feel like the, the reason why I wouldn't give it to, let's say uh, Wilt for having harder comp or like, you know, the baskets he was scoring was tougher was, I mean, the guys that he was going against, I'm going to have to pull that card. Like, I'm. A, I'm gonna have to say that they were not on the athletic level of Wilt fucking Chamberlain, Mister uh, Olympic level uh, athlete. I don't believe it. So I, I just don't think that they had the ankles, the mobility. But my question you know is saying, the jump. But my, my only question-
0: argument to that is who's on the level athletically of LeBron? Nobody I mean, ever. Okay, that's fair. Hey, but ever that's, no that's one, one has ever no on. no one has ever had the physical endurance, the health. And the athleticism that LeBron, like, I don't like, like, you don't, have you ever That's seen LeBron in person? Never seen him in person. Okay. Uh, 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 actually, Massive
2: see, human being, I'm sure.
0: Massive human being. He's not, he's, what? I mean, what do they got him listed at? Uh, uh, like, what's he listed as? Six, what, what? Six, nine,
2: six, eight, somewhere in
0: there. LeBron is like a uh, real solid ass 6'10", close to six uh, uh, eleven, no cap. Man. Hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, I'm finna play this for the fans. Hold on, wait a minute. Yep. For all you LeBron fans, I was at the presser the other day. Bron <laughs> walked by me. I was recording on my phone. He looked at my phone. Bron being nosy, nosy Bron. Nosy Bron is crazy. No, for real, man, <laughs> man, man. Look clean in my phone. Look clean in my phone. Right. Don't know what. What I could be having on your bro.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> nah, but
2: uh what I'm what I will say though is, you know, um the the level of basketball that's being played in today's NBA, right? And people people will say it's like lack of defense. But this last game that we just watched, right? You watch you watch that whole thing, right? Uh Nuggets Lakers
0: uh no I, I, I honestly i watched up until lebron scored the forty thousand points and then i went to go have dinner with my family okay that's right so uh basically, but i did watch the highlights and i saw Jokic was out there cooking them and and actually i talked about it a, a little bit earlier in the show i, I was playing something. some of the highlight yeah. highlights and talking about just the level like the the level of physicality he brings right but also the finesse is just insanity Go ahead. It
2: is. It is. Yes, it is insane. It, like you said, it's a bronze passing ability in a seven-footer. It's disgusting. Uh, and I would say even some He'd be doing some passes where I'm like, well, not bronze could probably still make it, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, the thing that I would uh, say, though, is the level of basketball that's being played, let's say, by the 15th man, by the 12th man, all the way through the sixth man is at a level that is – uh, unmatched in NBA's past and I feel like this this era should get credit for that and not be taken away like the people who are the backups are are dogs compared to the backups of the
0: past people who just I don't know I just, know. I just can't agree with that bro I just don't agree with that I just don't agree Next with that I don't ag- I, months, I right? they
2: just had to rebound they could maybe defend here and there only I don't I don't like that pain. bro
0: I don't like that don't because walk, walk, what you that be, you want to know why I don't like that because what that does is that take a, is that solely and inherently takes away not only the history of the game, but it takes away the history of, no, just wait a minute, it takes mm-hmm. away the history and how good some of these guys were just to get to the NBA like we got to be real about this. Back then, it was twelve teams, it's ten people on a roster. It's only a hundred and twenty people in the league. So you telling me that the 120 best basketball players in the world weren't good when you got all of these guys that was Mr. Basketball winning state championships in high school championships in college. You're one of 120 today. It's like 456 of these guys, something like that. Back then, you were one of 120. That means you was the 120 best hoopers in the world, bro. Yeah, yeah, I I'm think here. that we I, – I don't think – I think we do a disservice to those guys back then by talking about them as though, like, they were some third-world ballers. Like, right, you can't right. tell me Dr. J wouldn't be Dr. J today. Dr. J would still be Dr. J. You can't J. tell me been the been guy told, that I could dunk – No, 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 but no, but listen to what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Even for the guys as great as Dr. J to make the guys that look not that good back then look not that good, them dudes was still the best of 120 people. For sure. Of the best of the best. So yeah, we might have looked at it like, oh, they didn't know what they was doing. But also at the same time. Look at the we're rules, the and, and actually, team team. and actually, now that we're talking about this, I want to play it. You got a minute? I want to play a little bit of this video that talks about how they made scoring easier in the NBA. All right, please. You got a minute? I'm gonna play it. Hold on, one second. Let me put it up.
1: Hold on, is it playing? Oh, hold on. out on drives like this. And in the 90s, hold they on, let plenty go. go as well. Here we go. Jumped. There was simply little tolerance for the offense jumping into defenders and initiating contact. This might not look like a defensive foul, but that's because there was less physicality in general during that era. Defenders would arm bar and hand check, but the slightest nudge or bump could be called a foul. The 60s has this reputation for being tough and rugged, but there wasn't much contact allowed in space and with the ball. By the 80s, hand fighting and physical contact was more commonly allowed on drives like this. And in the 90s, they let plenty go as well. That's a solid push to the shoulder that goes uncalled there. Physicality probably peaked in the early 2000s, where there was a ton of contact away from the ball at times, and some of these <laughs> contests felt like <laughs> rugby matches instead of a basketball Hold on, I'm going to skip Jeff ahead. Van Gundy during the 2008 playoffs. When the offense is allowed more contact than the defense, it's wrong. It's like if you're in a legal guarding position, if the offense brings it into you, it's no call for an offensive foul. In recent years, Fouls are now regularly called on the defense after the offense initiates that contact.
0: This mm-hmm. happens
1: a lot on drives, dropping so everybody score the more. defender to create contact, and often earn the offense free throws. Sometimes this comes in the form of veering back into the defender, running alongside the ball handler, although the league made it a point of emphasis to call these offensive fouls in 2022. But there were no shortage of defensive fouls this year. For all- go ahead. <clears throat> so, I would
2: want to know, based off of this. Uh, well, basically, you should watch it. Or- uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's a good one. I'm a, uh, go it's back. a great watch. I watched all 30 minutes of it. It was. I was actually like, I did because it. It was old rules where if your team was in a bonus, you had to shoot three free throws in order to to make two. Mm. It also was another rule where if you missed a free throw and your teammate got the rebound and scored, it counted as one point, but it counted as your point and not their point. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> a- rules.
2: Um, I wonder, uh, because we're talking about uh, fouls happening, You know, I wonder how it compares those times as far as fouls called uh free throws attempted i wonder what those how that would compare because i
0: actually think he'd talk about that hold on let me see if i can find a part i'm trying to skim okay. through it because it, would, it would
2: make me think that
0: i think it might be right here now then. let me see I think it might be right here let me see
1: at some point in the 2000s as more physicality was allowed offensive players could do more with their off arm without having it called watch steve nash's right arm keep the defender at bay here and instead of a foul it's a layup by 2022 the scales had tipped enough for this play oh to here be we go it. no it's right that here here we go him
0: to free throw. okay here we go let's watch this Curry let's arm. watch this full minute real quick and
1: at this point and then you're going to talk about the free really throw be thing anywhere this play was a defensive foul trey young feels the defender getting close so he just rips and flails to draw a call This was actually turned into a non-call on review. And in a Hall of Fame level sequence, Joel Embiid tries to rip through multiple times and ends up throwing the ball off the defender. All this ripping through has spawned the off-arm hook, where the offensive player hooks the defender's arm instead of gathering the ball in a natural motion. And again, this was being called a defensive foul until 2022, Although this year, we still saw some of the most incredible fouls in league history. Harden trips and rips into the defender while falling over. And ladies and gentlemen, that earned him two free throws. To say we've come a long way from the days where this was called an offensive foul feels like an understatement. Players are now playing with their hands literally clasped behind their back to take away the target of the rip through if we look at shooting fouls per 100 two-point shot attempts we see a big jump in 2005 when the league relaxed contact on the perimeter and then a fairly steady ratio until the 2020 season when shooting fouls spiked in the bubble and have remained incredibly high meanwhile the dribbling and traveling changes have helped suppress turnovers yes strategy and skill development play a role in this entire story but the rules also make it easier to maintain possession now compared to the 80s or the 60s so there you go he talked about it right there so so
0: i mean so i mean i mean as you can see like i'm not i'm not knocking lebron's points i'm not not saying it all because honestly even watching that video i was like damn kareem probably got uh, extra 100 points off of, like, someone else scoring off of a missed free throw. You know what I mean? Right. And him getting the point for that. So, I'm not complaining about LeBron's points, but I do think that with the league making it this easy to score, like, to me, points don't necessarily mean you're the GOAT. But I will say this. Like, I think it's LeBron's last run, and if he can pull off one more ring, then we can have that conversation. But also, I don't think he's the best player in the Lakers anymore, so it's hard for me... To really like, in my mind, you know, really act as though LeBron is the. To me, LeBron is the driving force of the of the Lakers because he's LeBron, not because he's the best player on the team. Uh, do you? you or... I have technical I hear you. I think I think it might be your connection. Yeah. If you want to, you can you can uh you can you can pop out and pop back in if you want to. Cause sometimes it'd be like that with the cell phones, so yeah, just pop back in, pop back out. But has the NBA made it too easy to score? I don't really know. Um, I think two hundred points in an All Star game is ridiculous, um, but I think they had to do something um, just to keep the the level of interest. Like even if you you know this rules video that I'm talking about, which is called. The name of the video is how the NBA continues to make scoring easier is by thinking basketball. Um, it's just a really interesting take and you just really get to see how the game is, has really, really changed. But I think that the two thousands, they went a little too far with the physicality. Like it was a game with the Pacers where it was 33 seconds left in the game and the score of the game was 65 to 60 to 69. That's like a first half in today's basketball. Now, again, too far, I. it's hard for me to really say. Um, but I think that, you know, the league is going to do what the league is doing. Um, I, I don't know. I think it was Gilbert Arenas who said he's like, the NBA is not basketball, it's entertainment. And I agree with that. Um, it's not basketball. I mean, well, it is basketball, but it's not the purest form of basketball. To me, the purest form of basketball is the way that they play it in FIBA. Um, but that's also why the games are slower. The pace of it is slower and it moves slower. Cam, Cam Buford, call in. Um, uh, call in, Cam. I'm going I'm to I'm text you the link. Uh, talk to me if you want to. Um, Cam says, focusing on scoring certainly impacted the game we see. Yes, I agree. It, it, it impacted the game we see greatly. Um, and it impacted the game the way we see greatly because of the fact that It takes away from all of the nuances and the things that make the NBA special. Um, And to me, like, you know, if it's all if it's just about points and it's not about the hustle and it's not about the grit and the grind and really trying to focus on getting the basketball in the in the hoop um, and stopping and playing good team. You know, I don't really know what we're looking at as a product. Um, I think it'll get a little too cartoonish. And that's really my biggest fear. And honestly, I'm going to say this and I have a hot take and I've usually I'm ahead of the curve uh, with all of this stuff, but I actually have a real hot take. And I know that NBA Twitter is going to get upset at me and some people in women's basketball are gonna be like, oh, he's this or he's that or he doesn't. I, I don't want to hear any of that. I got friends that are WNBA players. I root for the WNBA. I want the WNBA to be successful. I watch the WNBA. I know what's going on in the league. Um, but I have a hot take, and my hot take is that women's basketball will catch men's basketball in popularity by 2030. Um, let's pray we're all around, especially with all of the craziness that's going on in the world. But I think when you look at what Caitlin Clark is doing, um, she's definitely going to Indiana. Uh, The fever ticket prices have doubled since basically she announced she was joining the draft. Um, I believe Angel Reese will declare for the draft. I believe Cameron Brink will declare for the draft. It sucks. Paige Beckers didn't declare for the draft. I think that she made a very large mistake, not declaring for the draft this year. She might be the number one or number two pick next year, but I just pray for her health and just her game. Like, I think a lot of these college players, like the money you make on NIL is great, but you're taking a big risk um, not going to the W and doing what you need to do at the W. Uh, and, And I think that, you know, as much as I hear people complain about women's basketball not necessarily having the following that people want, I think that... You know, for the players like Paige Beckers and those players where, I, you know, I, I've been to the games, to the Sparks games and stuff. Those fans are clamoring for stars. Um, and Paige is a star. And I think that I, I, I get it. You like college. I get it. You might not have had the year you wanted to have with your team. So you don't want to go out like that. But go get the money. Go explore the marketplace. Go help leverage the your superstar to make the w bigger and i think that the wnba has the potential to catch up with the nba now i don't think it'll be bigger than the nba because obviously the nba has these multi-billion dollar tv contracts but i do think that in terms of just general popularity there might come a day where we are talking about the wnba season and what's going on with the wnba players and how the wnba should expand their season and expand their teams and expand the rosters because the league is just lighting it up. And I think Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, Cameron Brink, they're the first dominoes of this of this first wave of the new and honestly, it's the first wave ever to me of the WNBA superstar. Like to me the WNBA usually has one or two players that are like star quality players at a time. Even now, really it's like Sabrina, Asia, Brianna and Diana, obviously, because she's still playing. But other than that, like the W doesn't have a ton of stars that are just jumping off the page that are doubling ticket prices. Um, and I think Angel Reese is a star. I saw a photo of a little, um, you know, a, a, of a little white girl. She was a toddler. She had one of her pants legs rolled up and she said she did that because Angel Reese did it. Um, and a mom posted the photo. And I think that's the true power of what women's sports and women's basketball is and can be. And I think that the level of competition to me is actually, to me, women's basketball is much more competitive than the NBA is. But the NBA is a much more exciting game to game to watch because of the athleticism of the males and the way that they can fly through the air and do things in the air um because even as you know you saw with Sabrina shooting against Steph the women can shoot just as good as the men the, the i think they're dribbling and and the ball handling is actually better than the men's in in the in the NBA i think the men in the NBA have more dribbling moves but i think the women in the the average WNBA player is a better ball handler than the average NBA player Um, and I think that they're the average WNBA player is a better finisher under the rim with finesse than the average NBA player. So I just think you need some stars. Um, and I think that the WNBA has a huge chance to really step up, um, and and become a really impactful league, um, because the level of competition is high, but we have another guest coming into the two for one show. My main man, Mr. Cameron Buford. What's up, my guy. How you doing today, brother?
3: What's good? What's good?
0: What's it's good. the voice of the fans. Talk to the people. Let them know who you are, where you're from, what you represent.
3: Voiceofthefans.org. You can follow me every uh, every week. We do uh, our,
0: our podcast, Voice of the Fans, every week. Me and
3: Cleveland, you can find our content uh, in one place now. In one place, okay? Voiceofthefans.org. Voiceofthefans.org. We give you articles, community, uh, articles on community involvement, uh, up to date uh, sports articles our podcast you can link to our podcast is there with the host of videos that we've done um, over the past years man so you can f- check us out at voiceofthefans.org voiceofthefans.org fresh rust site where you can find all of our content
0: yep and a special shout out to Clevon Mr. Clevon Steele he sent me a copy of his book to read um, and check out i just got it today i started reading it it is great so far um, i look forward to finishing this and i thank him for this special Autograph copy he left a special note he said uh h media crew thanks so much for taking the time to read my book and all of your help with voice of the fans podcast hope you enjoy cleavon thank you mr cleavon still appreciate autograph it copy Link, yes.
3: links to, links to the books are also on on the website as well I'm
0: yes please it. please go get that um and and enjoy it so cam what you want to talk about tonight i'm surprised you're up
3: yeah, man. I was turning in and saw my guys went live. I don't, I don't get the updates no more. So I had to just, just chime on like a regular dude, and uh just want to tune in. Oh to yeah. It. To, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I do this show, I usually just do it and let the fans call in and talk to me if they want to, rather than it being just like us. Uh, because really, really, this is like my one man band show where I just want to talk it get my shit off. So I just usually let the fans call in. And if, and if I see one of you guys texting me or whatever, I'll send you guys a link, but what's, but what's up? What you want to talk about? I've been talking about LeBron Uh, has the NBA made it too easy to score. Um, And do you think we'll ever see a player that will, um, uh, we have some LeBron James stats. I'm going to show you this stat, which I'm sure you probably, you might've seen it. But 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 do you think that there will ever be a player that will be able to get Anywhere near this conversation.
3: TPJ, it's going to take Kevin Durant is the closest, right? And Kevin Durant is like five years behind him on on the pace that he's playing right now. That's bananas. That is absolutely bananas for a player to pass him. It's going to take them to average, what, 27 points for 20, 20 straight years.
0: Yeah, Absolute. I think I think the only person that can do it is Luca.
3: Luca is Luca, Luca yeah. is not in the shape that LeBron James is is in. So mm. for him to get past year 15 14 15 16 17 I mean can, if he's not in shape
0: Well, I will I will say this though. I will say this about Luca even though he's not in shape. He's only played 6 years and he already has uh, basically 11,000 points. And he has three thousand assists and three thousand rebounds dog, listen in to what six I'm years. Saying. Listen,
3: listen to what I'm saying. If he's not in the best shape at 25 <clears throat> years old, he's we can't expect him to be in better shape at 35 years old. So his production, although it's great here, and you triple that, is he going to be able to quadruple that in the last, you know, just say? Again, year 15, 16, 17, and 18. I mean, what, what dude is doing is absolutely amazing. Um, although I'm not per se a LeBron fan, but his longevity and his ability to stay perform at a high level is, is absolutely outstanding. I mean, you can't, there's, you can't really, you can't hate on what, on the, on what he's accompli- accomplishing, accomplishing. Even though it is a longevity stat, these are longevity numbers. He's just adding on to the cake. Yeah, you really, 100%. To, you really have to compliment the 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 endurance, the fortitude that he's he, that he's, and he's still performing like this tonight. Even though they lost, I mean, he's not he's not impacting winning. We see that in the last two years, he's not impacting winning as he has in years past. But he's still what he have tonight: twenty five and twenty five and twelve. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Like that is that's still production? If AD steps up and does his thing, if they quit tinkering around with the roster and actually had quality people around them, and that's the that's the one knock about him is he didn't never allow people to go with him. Austin Reeves has been the the, the uh, player that's with, been with them that you would like to see Austin Reeves or no, we'll say that Kyrie Irving in his fifth or sixth year with him. And how his game developed, and then how that how that partnership matured. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make them better longer? But because he went from Cleveland to Miami, yeah. Miami to Los Angeles, and then keep, quit, uh, kept tinkering with the rosters. You never saw a player stick with him long enough to for their game to develop and enhance as he grew and enhanced. we, we haven't seen that, and yeah. that's. I mean, I guess that could be one knock on him, but what he's doing as an individual talent is remarkable. It, it, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely the consistency and the level that he's playing is absolutely real. Um, but to your point and why, why I chimed in, has the NBA, um, made scoring too easy? Absolutely. But it, it harkens back to where those, um, 98, 98 Knicks, those 99 Pacers, where they were playing as you mentioned the games were 89 to 86 in the four, you know that was the in, that was a ball game we're not far from that at halftime in some of these games so with that being with that being said they went too far they leaned too far to to uh, correct that because there should be some defense a, a, allowed in the game and yeah. then as the, as the game changed they took away that pow- power forward like the enforcer type dude, the Mason, the Oakley, mm-hmm. the the Ronner test is the closest that we've seen to that. That really guy who who would foul you when you're going to the hoop. Because now they call it this kind of I think it's more not so they're starting to fight, but I think it's more so the the um they're passing out technical fouls and injecting guys for those for those hard fouls. That has certainly impacted the game. Benefit and then they wanted to got they want to AI. I mean yeah. They wanted AI to be – not. I won't say trying to make him a league, but they wanted to see – people want to see AI score. They wanted yep. to see then uh, Kobe Bryant score coming off of MJ. They wanted to continue somebody flying through the air like MJ was, but nobody could be MJ, obviously. But that, leaning the game to the to the high-flying, the high-scoring, has really kind of impacted the game in a sense that those fouls aren't being called. There's no threat to go through the hoop man. Um and then the, the influx of the two point really kept chill it, it, it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I um I, I think they went uh I think they went a little bit too far. Like just a little bit too far. And at the end, you know, um I've been seeing people in the NBS said that they are going to look to tweak some of the the rules to make it cause they that they feel as though they went a little bit too far. I I don't
3: that that's gonna be hard to do that, that's i think I think, I think the way they tweak it is that they're going
0: to make it like five seconds in the key but to me i that's not the problem like the guy i think the freedom of movement that they implemented about what six seven eight years ago those rules that they implemented where you could no longer grab the shooters and stuff like that coming off of screens and stuff to me that as as made the game a lot more open. I think than anything because guys just sh- shoot threes now all the time. They take open threes. You see, a, you see guys really not even wanting to defend or or go around a screen these days because if you grab or you touch at all, it's a foul. Um, so I, I think, actually, but that's just ahead. my personal opinion. Go ahead.
3: Let me not to cut you off. Let me ask you this: I heard somebody mention this, which was pretty. It was, it was pretty in, intriguing. I think. In the All-Star game, this came up after the whole All-Star game fiasco. But I think it was like the 98 or 90, 97 or 98. I, I forget the year. It was somewhere around there. It was before 2000. There were three point three three three-pointers shot in a NBA All-Star game.
0: Mm-hmm. To, yeah, where we had,
3: to where we had now, just last year or you know a couple of weeks ago, how many All-Star, how many three-pointers were shot? Something like 60, 60 or 70. Yeah, more than that. Um. But the three-pointer, if they did, can they do away with the three-pointer? No. And and do you think that would, you said have five seconds in the key. If they did away with the three-pointer, now you guys don't have to worry about, they can just, you know, that two-point shot is going to, could be a 15-footer or a 27-footer. It doesn't matter. If they did away with the three-pointer, would that put more emphasis on low post scoring? or scoring around the paint.
0: It would, but I there but I don't think that they would do it just because then you eradicate Steph Curry and the magic that he's created for you. Like he's created an entire generation of athletes that are coming in that are that are looking for that shot um to me like I've seen some people shrink the three-point line where there's no longer uh the corners where the three-point line is basically That would
3: just be as, that, would, that would be just as weird. I mean that would be just an adjustment, right? So would you going to move just a the three point line just twenty four like, feet. I mean, like literally,
0: it was like this, like where my arms are connected, where like I mean, it basically just goes to the out of bounds lines, and it's just behind uh-huh. that. I mean, that's I mean that's definitely interesting because now because that eliminates a lot of guys' position, like a PJ Tucker, those kind of guys, three points corner specialists and stuff like that.
3: It 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 would,
0: and but- it would force everyone to be in the middle of the floor because usually. Especially where they run an offense, you know, they always trying to run it, you know, heavy on one side, and then the weak side is usually just somebody in the corner. Now that person in the corner, maybe they might want to be at the twenty foot mark or the fifteen foot mark instead of the three point line.
3: If, if if they made that adjustment, I say just go ahead and get rid of it all. Just go ahead. if they made that adjustment to just put it at the top of the top of yeah. the key. I just say get rid of it all because again, now you're you're putting just as much emphasis on no post scoring that brings back that low post, that power forward or the center who actually has a post game because, obviously, the NBA is size size matters. Mm-hmm. So if Wimby develops this drop step, you know, drop step over um, up and under, like he, he becomes even more dangerous. But I, it's because of what you mentioned um, historically, what we've seen Steph Curry do is it, crazy. Reggie Miller that eliminated the three point shot. I just, I just see what happen. um, yeah, I, I, happened.
1: Um, but I found
3: that an interesting, uh, interesting thought. And how else can we, how else could you, um, uh, improve the, or get back to the game being a, a not necessarily just a, a completely low post game. How can you make that bring back the importance of that low post game? Cause right now it's all about three point shoot and, that you know they had, they had kind of over arch over uh, try to correct that the defensive struggles that we seen in the late nineties to now let the game be more open with the Allen Iversons, uh, Kobe Bryant, and, and what we see LeBron just played right into that. So, okay, you now you are not going to call points when I am going through the hole. <laughs> you know I mean LeBron been you know going through the we saw it tonight. He'll drive, uh, take the ball from the rebound, mm-hmm. grab the rebound, and because nobody actually. <laughs> to, to his credit nobody actually gonna get in front of the six the six nine two hundred sixty pounds six
0: dude six ten two eight and, and draw the foul, draw the foul. Yeah, he definitely he's, knows Oakley. six nine he big as hell
3: he's just gonna go right to the you know go right to the hoop and lay it in left or right and and, and it's wild um because we, there don't we don't have those big guys who's gonna take you know the oakley's gonna who's gonna take that foul who said okay enough's enough today <laughs> you might do yeah. that at you might do that next week, but enough's enough. And that could be a guy like uh, Gordon, although Gordon doesn't need to resort to that because he's playing with uh, Jokic. But that could be like a guy like Gordon who would take that hard foul to say enough is enough. Um, But that's kind of a bad example because of the team he plays on, but I think you get that point.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely get the point. It makes sense. But actually, one thing I want to talk to you about real quick, speaking of this, is Gilbert talked about took away
2: aggression
0: Mm -hmm. they took away aggression to open up the
2: euro league when they first started getting here it was too rough for them Mm -hmm. so they didn't make it they didn't make it right so eventually they softened the rules. they didn't soften the rules for the americans they softened the rules to open it up international so when they're saying the euros is going to run the league in the next five years why do you think that more threes passing cutting this is not our league this is not the american style. this is the euro style so drive in suck the defense in pass the ball to the three point line it's a three point shooting league because they're copying euro style San to i mean uh,
0: suns right uh-huh. okay what do you think about that you think
3: there's the- a lot there's a lot of truth there's a lot of truth to <coughs> that because the game they want to make the game international yeah. they want to they want to make it more international game and appeal to a water, not just Americans. So yes, they, they made some tweaks to the game. Yes, that's absolutely. Yes. There's some, there's a lot of truth to what he's saying. However, that brand again, going back to what I was talking Mm -hmm. about in that, I mean, the game kind of changed. Steph Curry impacted the game from what we see when he came in shooting the threes, right. And all of the Mm -hmm. will, um, but the transition they want to see a more free flowing game, and so yes, instead of one, instead of Allen Iverson going one on one, instead of Kobe Bryant going mm-hmm. one on four and being you, he's historically known as the worst shot taker and the worst shot maker in the, in the history of the NBA. Right? Instead of that, they wanted to add a game that had team teamwork, team players playing the game. So yes, you have to do more cutting. Yes, you have to do more passing. They want to see the more a more fluid game, and so they figure with today with American athletes playing that brand of basketball, it would be more of a, a prettier game. So yes, that's part of the overcompensating from the defensive issues that we saw in the late nineties. Yes, they in, in, they wanted only they wanted to expand the game. Uh, not only did they want to expand the game, but they wanted to make it a more fluid, uh, a team player type, uh, a team player type game. So yes, there was a lot of overcompensating. So yes, Gilbert Arenas is not totally wrong in what he's saying. However, we should be Americans should be compensated. Yeah, and I I, where, I don't where they, yeah. where they want to kind of gear the game. It, it's still an, an American basketball game, right? It's still the NBA, but still have the best athletes, the best basketball players around, who should be able to adapt their game to what he's talking about. If we know this, Gilbert, you specifically, you should have been able to adapt to that, right? Because that mm. makes the game not, again, not so much a one-on-one game. It makes it a team game, Gilbert. If you pass the ball a couple more times, Gilbert, if you become a better team player, Mr. Gilbert, and you stop, you know, carrying guns in the locker room and on the team playing, maybe you're still playing today, Mr. Gilbert. So he said he says it out of spite. But there, there is truth to what he's saying. But we americans gilbert need adjust our game a little bit better gilbert
0: would, i will say this he would not still be playing today he would be he would well, be 43 but he well, definitely would have played his, a lot his, longer
3: his, his career would have been extended you know what I mean? you know
0: what I mean? yeah no no i definitely yeah and and i'll say this um in response to gilbert like you can say yes that the euro league guys are the reason why the league got soft i don't really believe that i think that it the physicality had just gone way 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 too far it just gone it had just gone way too far like with the hand fighting with the fighting underneath the the basket the physical fights the fights in the stands guys were Basically, cold cocking and knocking each other out the air. It's it's a video that I that I played earlier. What
3: year was Malice in the Palace? What year was that? Um,
0: two thousand seven. Yeah,
3: and What's that it? that was a that was um, two thousand four. Sorry, two thousand four. Yeah, that was absolutely when that happened. The NBA said no more. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, enough of this is not. We don't need the physical game anymore. We're a, we're uh, legislating that physicality out of the game, and so and, yeah, see, rightfully we, so. We seen it, and we see that transition, and we see now we see um, when Steph Curry come in the league. Two thousand seven, he came in the league, I think. Yeah, two thousand six, two thousand seven, and then he was out a couple of years. No,
0: oh no, oh nine, oh nine, oh
3: nine. Steph came in the oh nine.
0: I believe it's 0-9. So. Nine.
3: so a couple. He didn't play the first couple of years, or you know, he was yeah. 2009,
0: seventh pick, two thousand nine.
3: Wow, wow. So, um, so it wasn't until two thousand thirteen when he really had his impact because it took him a couple of years to kind of get the get his feet under him, right? Um, when he it was about two thousand thirteen when he had his impact. Um, yeah, the game started really moving to shooting a moving to shooting a lot, so. I say all. I say that malice to the palace really significantly. They already transi- started to transitioning because they want to see Allen Iverson and Kobe Bryant kind of kind of explode and, and go to the hole with the free flowing. And then it became they want too much, uh, too much one on one, too much um, one man dominating the floor. And then they wanted to see the game transition to a Euro International League where they were. Uh, uh, Requiring more team more team involvement, more passing, more shooting, right? Make it more of a fluid game. So yep. that kind of transition. And it's, then we see Steph Curry. I mean, and everybody started. Once Steph Curry took off, it became a three point game.
0: Just get yep. the long ball, right? Yep. And actually, I got a clip that I want to play. And it's from this video that I was watching earlier with one of the fans who was on the show. Um, and it actually talks about the, the physical we'll defense. We'll discuss Let's that listen. in another
1: video. And there was a brutality to the era that has been washed out of today's game. No suspensions were handed out here. Back in the 80s, hard and dirty in-game fouls weren't always called flagrant. This one was a common foul. And this famous incident in the 1987 Eastern Finals wasn't even a foul. Just nothing. (laughs) Although Robert Parrish was suspended for a game. By the early 90s, the league had cracked down on fighting and overtly dangerous fouls. This one was an ejection, and in the very next game, this was called a flagrant. But there was a ton of physicality from possession to possession, especially down in the post. This kind of wrestling for position and hand fighting wasn't really part of the game before the three-point line. Watch Kareem move through the lane here. That little bump was called a defensive foul. That's all it took. And there just simply wasn't a ton of jostling or powerful seals in the 60s and 70s off the ball. It was common to see post-ups from players where defenders gave them space instead of leaning on them or driving them off their spots. In the mid-70s, there might be a forearm to the back to keep an offensive player stationary, but they weren't leaning all their weight into each other in a battle for paint position like we'd seen in later decades.
0: So the reason why I showed that is because that basically shows that Gilbert's argument doesn't make sense. Um, it has nothing to do with the European players like... like they actually took it back to what was more so the original rules that they used to call in basketball. They let it go and let it get really loose between the 80s and the, 2000, and two, and the year 2000, and then they reined it back into what it was. But if you look at this video, it clearly shows and breaks down that the game in the 60 in the 50s, 60s and 70s was not a supremely physical game because they called fouls on every on, it, on on every little, thing. little thing. So oh, yeah. this argument that like oh the european guys came in and they made the game softer and it's, it's no they didn't. They just started calling the game the way that they used to call it because they let it go way too far. And you can even see like that Robert Parrish fight like how did he not get kicked out the game? Like he he got suspended, but he didn't even get yeah, it, he didn't get it wasn't even a flagrant foul. There was no there was literally three punches he threw. Kurt Rambis <laughs> when Kurt Rambis got they he didn't get ejected for that. That was just like a regular foul. Yeah, so no. I, I I I think that's a I just think that's a lazy and an uninformed argument from Gilbert. And I I get it that like guys that played in that era have like a certain nostalgia for that era because like the, the, that was the good old days back when the boys used to get real rough and we, you know, like, you know, like we used to be on a gridiron, like that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, the league was not always like that. It, it let it get to that point because the popularity was rising. So obviously you don't want to watch a basketball game as Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are being on TV for the first time it, with it a bunch of ticky tack point. foul calls.
3: It got, it got to that point because those in the 90s, um, that's how Chicago beat, or excuse me, that's how Detroit beat Chicago. Yeah. Like, if that's the way we got to be, that's the way we got to play to beat Jordan. Then you saw the Knicks toughen yeah. up. And then on their second, on their second three-peat, the Knicks, you know, went to that brand of basketball to beat Jordan. And so the league was like, look, Jordan is a, is a guy, as much as you guys want to beat him up, <laughs> you know, we got to want to see Jordan put points on the board. We want to see AI who came in. We want to see AI put points on the board. We want to see Kobe, who's a young dude at the time, we didn't, we want to see Kobe put points on the board. Um so that's kind of shifted the game. And then we got to the 2004 Malice of the Palace. Yeah. Which, okay, there's here's a stop to it. We're we're shutting that down right now. Um so but there's there is some uh where I do agree with Gilbert. Uh partially agree with Gilbert is the point that they did want to expand, make it a more international game. They did want to bring in the and make it more appealing to everybody. And not in, not everybody was AI, Kobe, or, or MJ who could get to the hoop like he could. But if they restricted the rules and allowed more free flowing of players to be able to get to the room, get to the rim like some of those players, like those guys were able to, then that invites more players into the game. So that's where I think. Not only did they want to appeal to the uh, a broader audience, not just America, but they want to give some other guys an opportunity to have a uh, successful career, successful games. So there was an adjustment made. So that's why I do agree. Uh, where I do agree with Gilbert, only because they wanted to expand, they were looking to expand the game, and then coming off, obviously, capitalizing on off of what the Dream Team did ten years earlier, they would start wanting to do that in the early two thousands. That um malice in the palace cemented all that tough guy crap that we, we saw, however, they were overcompensated because we we still needed that. Uh, I think the game still could have used some of that toughness down low
2: yeah, um, I agree to,
3: to to your point in that video, though, when there was no three point line, and as I was saying, if they delimited three point line, would that bring back the the low post game?
0: It would, but it would, but at the but if you eliminate the three point line, the game is not this is not as it's not as attractive as it was before. Because even I think now the the level of difficulty with the shots are just as exciting to watch as a good dunk. The
3: level of difficulty.
0: And if and maybe not for us, but for the average NBA fan now, I think it is. I think, people I, still, I think people still like to see dunks, but like uh, Steph Curry shooting the ball from 40 feet and turning around and looking away from the rim before it goes in is a pretty spectacular thing to see. Like how the hell did he know that that was going to go in? Like very rarely does he turn around when he shoots the ball and it doesn't go in. It, it happens probably like one out of every 10 times. So that with, That within itself is worth watching for the average fan. I think the most impressive thing with fans is if you ever
3: get a chance to go to, you better do it quickly. If you ever get a chance to go see Golden State play, watch Steph Curry off the ball.
0: No, I've seen him play in, I've seen, I haven't seen him in San Francisco. I I, I know, I know you have. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. Period. Fans in general,
3: if you ever get a chance to go watch Steph Curry play, watch his work, the work he puts in before he shoots the ball, before he gets the ball, before he shoots the ball. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, The heart, and that's one. I thought the I thought the Warriors going back to last season after the punch you traded to. Him.
0: I agree. However, seeing what Jordan Poole looks like now, though, I'm glad they didn't trade him because well, Jordan yeah. Poole looks awful now. He's the second worst player in the league to me.
2: Well, he
3: he just I mean he's a the the a bad shot taker on a bad team, so it makes it looks even worse.
0: It, it makes he also it look, just doesn't it, it, have it, it, the fun, the presence, in the of fundamentals it, either. Basketball IQ, That's yeah, it. very low basketball IQ.
3: Um, but I, I mentioned Draymond to say that the way Draymond knows that he he he'll be best if he works with Steph Curry. Right, he understood that real early. I'll be best if I work with this guy. Yeah, and then them, them two early. Draymond helps Steph Curry with the screens and the. And the you know, being able to pass on um, yeah. point the right timing and put the ball in the, in the right pocket for him. However, the work that Steph Curry puts in before he actually takes a shot, I think, is, is to me, more yeah. most, I'd say most impressive, as impressive as him taking the, the the threes and turning around and walking on court before he goes in. Because that, if you got players to do that, if you got players to put in that extra work before they take a shot, like that's another uh level that the game can go. That's another level of making those three pointers. But everybody obviously everybody doesn't have the quick the quick trigger like Steph Curry. Everybody doesn't have the fluidity fluidity of Steph Curry. But like Clay Thompson, who actually learned from Steph Curry and puts in that extra work. Now he has a quicker trigger than this Steph, but it's just you know, it's not as money as Steph. Um, but he actually puts in the work as well before he takes a three pointer. If more players did that, that, that brings back the, the fluidity of the game. That makes the game, I mean, that's a beautiful aspect of the game. So, yes, eliminating the three-pointer in totality ruins what Steph brings to the game, I told you. I'm, I mean, I, I feel you. I feel what you're saying on that. However, it was just a concept. I thought it was very, um, it, it, it made, really made me think about how the game would look. And then when you saw, you posted the clip where the guys were play, actually playing actually in the low post that brings back the presence of the big man. I mean, because if you're sound, you're sound, you're sound, you're sound.
0: I think the, I I think the age of the big man is here. I just think they just don't play in the post no more, unless you're Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. Well,
3: that's the advantage. That's the advantage that those guys have. That's the, that's certainly. Yeah.
0: Hey,
3: before, before I go, before I go, man, tell me what you thought about Wimby your guy, Wimby, and Chet, that matchup that they had the other night, is this, um, I mean, would, compare this on a, a, not a rivalry statue. Obviously, neither one of these guys have done anything. But when you see one, you have one player, you have a LeBron and Kobe that we never actually saw in a, in a championship forum. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how did these players match up in your eyes uh, as far as, uh, when they're two these two on the court, that's must see be
2: basketball.
0: Yeah, I think that every game that they play against each other should be on national TV. I think this is the this is the new Shaq versus Tim Duncan battle that you get, or the new Shaq versus Akeem uh uh you know, battle that you get. Um, I think that Wimby has made it very clear and abundant that he is light years ahead of Chet. Um, But I think Chet, and I said this um, on one of my shows, I think Chet can be, has the potential to be as good as Kevin Garnett. But I think Wimby has the potential to be a top five basketball player ever. Like there is literally literally nothing on the basketball floor he cannot do.
3: Where do you have KG if you say Chet can be a, ver- a vet- better version of KG. Where do you have KG in, in
0: the? I didn't say a better version. He could be as good as KG.
3: Where, where do you have KG? Like in the? T- I got G- KG 15?
0: and I got I got KG. Okay. Like I got him like in the twenty to twenty five range. Sometimes I argue that he's at fifteen. So top fifteen Cause, because because I because Kevin Garnett was actually one of my Kevin Garnett was actually my favorite player growing up. Like when I used to have Kobe Bryant's courtside in NBA Live, I would always play with the Timberwolves. I would play with Kevin Garnett, and I would move him from the center or the power four to the to the three or the point guard, and I would run the team with him as the, as the 3 or the point guard, and then I could have the ball in his hands. He could make shots from the mid-range. He could dribble. He could pass it. He was a hellacious defender. Like, Kevin Garnett was one of my favorite players uh, um, ever growing up. Um, he's not, I, He don't really crack my top eight no more, but growing up, he was definitely, before I was 12 years old, he was probably my favorite player in the NBA. Um, so
3: you had so, Chet being... Arguably a top 20 player in the league when he's all said there, there.
0: I mean, I think the team that he's on, if I think the team he's on, they have the chance to win two to three rings over the next six years. If they, if, if they can somehow pull it together, if he does, if he does that, if he, I don't think they will either, but, but if, but theoretically, if he does that, he's already off to a great start. Now, I don't think he'll be the defender that Kevin Garnett is. Um, But I think that he could be – I think he could be uh, two two points higher on potency on offense than Kevin Garnett, but three points lower on potency on defense. But I think those two points of more potency on offense will add up to an extra three to five points a game that KG wasn't able to do. Like, I think Chet realistically – could average twenty-eight to thirty a game one day in his career. I think Wimby could average thirty to thirty-five a game one day in his career. But I don't think KG was was ever going to be the guy that was going to be able to give you thirty a night. Period. In any generation, thirty a night—it's a lot.
3: What was they doing when they made the playoffs? Obviously, that was one year. But what were they? What was he at when they made the playoffs? And it was him and Casal. He had to be twenty-seven a night.
0: Kevin Garnett never averaged over 24 points a game in his career.
3: I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry. He averaged 24.2 points per game that year.
3: That year, 24?
0: Yeah, but he did, but he gave you 13.9 rebounds a game, 2.2 blocks a game, 1.5 steals on 19.6 shots and only 2.6 turnovers a game, shooting shooting basically 50% from the field and 25% from three. So I think Chet will be able to be a guy that can get you 28 on on 50% shooting, 90% from the free throw line, and and 35 to 38% from three, and still be able to give you 12 rebounds a night. He's already going to give you two to three blocks a night. He's doing it right now. The steals is where Kevin Garnett, as a man-to-man defender, is just a better defender. But I think offensively, Chet will be more – potent than kevin garnett and i and i think that if he can bring off a couple rings he can be up there in that conversation but it's gonna take a lot of work for him to do versus wimby i think wimby is gonna win like three to five championships i'm not even joking because because so, even uh, even if pop isn't there you know who i think gonna be the spurs next head coach becky manu ginobili interesting like it, Ginobili basically is like an advisor to the team. He's at every single game. So it's Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan's an assistant coach. Um, he's always with them on the practice floor. You see pictures of him behind the scenes. And But Ginobili has little kids. His his boys are like, um like I don't know, like six to ten. So if Pop just signed a, a new deal a couple of years ago where he's going to coach at least for another four years, right? So think about it. If your Manu... Your boys are like you know 8 to 10 years old you become the coach of the Spurs when they are around like 10 to 12 you coach them now they're a little bit older so you don't have to necessarily be there every single day like you you know cuz he's been retired for a while and you coach the Spurs I I would not be surprised if Manu Ginobili became the, co- the head coach of the Spurs one day and I think that the, and I think Trey Young will eventually end up in San Antonio please I pray to God every day he goes there. Trey Young is going to end up in San Antonio, and we're going to see something that we have never seen before. Why?
3: Him and Wimby? Talk about somebody who doesn't impact winning.
0: I was about to ask you a question. You're you're tripping. Trey Young and Wimby is that that Trey Young and Wimby you know, together? Listen, no, Trae no. Listen, you put Trey Young not, on this team to, right now. Trey, put Trey Young on this about. team right now. They're a top five seed in the West. He doesn't impact winning. He, he, he doesn't impact winning. He's a you no. Know, but you want to know why you say that? Because he's the they don't one, win
3: it. He not He's a man in Atlanta. They've been there. He's been there five, six years, and they, they don't. He no. What have they been? They went to one of the finals. That was a fluke, and they've been trash ever since. No, why are, we not, why, why are you
2: trying to give Trey Young some love?
0: I'm not. The reason why he is he is not a winner is because he is a number. He is a number two playing number one. He really needs to be with a real number one option, and he needs to be the number two option. I'm not looking at him going to San Antonio thinking he's going to be the best player on the team. As I want you to, to be the second... I need him to be the second-best player on the team. I need him to give me 25 a night on on 45-plus on, on percent shooting. I need I need 35-plus percent shooting from three. I need 10 assists a night, at least six a night to Wimby, and that is good enough for me. I don't numbers. need – no, I don't need – no, but listen, no, stop, stop. Because two stop.
3: Please look you, at the number the last two seasons. all
0: all-star-level numbers, and he didn't make the all-star. He's averaging fucking 20 to 25 and 11. <laughs> look, at, look at his numbers. He's averaging he, fucking 25 and 11. He, what are we talking about? He
3: was, he was shooting 30. He's shooting 33% last year. He was shooting 33% last year.
0: At, As late the, the number one option. Give him a number one option and let him be the number two option. You telling me that if Clint Capella could still be putting up 15 and 10 or 15 and 12 with Trey Young by his side, that, that Wimby. Who has no point guard and a team full of guys that don't want to throw him the ball? Having a guy that is averaging 11 assists a game and is a defensive <laughs> liability, but when Victor Wembanyama is on the floor, you cannot enter into the paint.
3: So even they, the they, defensive they, they liability not, that Trey Young is, everybody on San, San Antonio playing like they playing for a contract. They playing like they playing for a new deal. That, they're playing the, like you're in the summer league playing for I actually
0: team. disagree with that. I think they're not because if you was playing for a contract, you would say, I need to make him successful.
3: No, no, no. They, that's not what they're thinking. I feel you. I feel you. Get the ball to the big guy. Let me make him look good. Again, a I what Draymond was doing for, for Steph. Let me help that guy out. Let me make sure you don't want to play without. No, but they're looking. I think everybody but uh, Vassell. Vassell. And I'm kind of dis- disappointed in Johnson take yeah, okay, Johnson, who was that played in Olympic? went to the uh, Olympic team? Kind of disappointing in him. I thought th- I thought he was. Oh the, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Keldon Johnson. Keldon, excuse me. Um, but th- most, a lot of those guys, yes, are playing like they don't want to get him the ball for whatever reason. I don't know. They don't like Frenchman. They don't like the, his sister. His sister didn't give him no play. I don't know what the deal is. But nobody wants to be friends with Wimby. It appears on that team. I don't know, man. I I, I hear you. You make a valid point. Uh, if uh, Trey's a number one, he's a number two playing like the number one, that might have something to do with it, that he's not the first guy I'm going to.
1: No, he, wouldn't he be is easily.
3: I'm going to but
0: No, there. He, there's no other option in the league other than Trey young.
3: I mean, because he's probably the most available guy. Right
0: no, because he's the best fit for that team. You don't need a defensive point guard. You don't need a scoring point guard. A, you need he a he playmaking point the, guard that can, can shoot. Them,
3: yeah.
0: And, like, can you imagine a pick and pop with Trey Young and Victor Wembanyama? How you defend? And, and, and this is the crazy part. You could just, if you pop, yeah, we're going to call it PMP. What's that? Oh, that's a double option. They can choose if they want to pick and roll or pick and pop. Wimby really choose if he want to roll or if he want to pop. So let me ask you
3: this. We'll we'll get back to the trade if you really want to talk about it. But let me
0: ask you this. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, Wimby needs a guy like that in order for him to get to the the championships that I think that he will be able to win. But him and Chet, they're not even on the same planet. They're not in the same universe. Wimby is an alien from outer space. And if he stays healthy, he will literally go down as the fifth or better greatest basketball player to ever play and I honestly think he got a chance to finish his career and people regard him as a better player than they regard LeBron James, because Wimby is a guy that could realistically win five MVPs and five Defensive Player of the Year awards. He's a guy that could realistically average four blocks a game while averaging 30 points a game. He's a guy that can realistically give you four blocks a game, one and a half steals a game, 30 points a game, 15 rebounds a game, and five assists a game. We've never seen anything like that, other than Wilt Chamberlain, and Wilt Chamberlain couldn't shoot free throws and he couldn't shoot period this kid did you see that 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 wimby step back three over kyle anderson where he was dribbling on the post stepped back shot a fadeaway, away didn't even look at the ball go in the rim and ran yeah. down the court he's he just made 20 so to me the conversation between them two it's not one it's only a conversation because chet didn't play last year if he would have played last year, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. But now that we are here, the NBA does need to lean into it. I got one. I got one topic that I want to talk to you about really quickly. Yeah, on, what you on. want to talk ask, about?
3: Let me, let me ask this question. Let me ask this question.
0: As good as it, all that you
3: you espoused over uh, Victor Wembanyama about all the potential that he has, we I understand. We understand that he's not there today. We get it. However, the season that he's having. As good as the promise that we're showing. This might be blasphemous. I, I, don't, I don't even feel right saying nah, this. I don't,
0: no, you said it now. You I don't now. even feel no. right saying this. You know the rule. You, you start to take, finish to take. But, start to take, finish to take. Don't, don't, don't. How you, How was this team you, won 12 you, you, games with Pop coaching the team? Because they're losing games on purpose. Oh, you think they're taking on purpose? Yeah, like I, I um.
3: Where they taking for? No,
0: listen. I, don't let me finish. Go ahead. Um, I've I've obviously because I like Wimby, I'm very entrenched in Spurs Twitter, um, and just listening to them talk. And basically, the Spurs have a bunch of draft picks over the next three years, basically, that'll be essentially good draft capital. I think even in the upcoming draft. Hold on, let me see. Hold on, let me.
3: So, so this is a plan to acquire, so, get, acquire more talents.
0: So basically the Spurs coming up this year, they have Toronto's pick, which is a top uh, one to six uh, protected pick. The Raptors are going to be in a lottery. Um, so the Raptors will be in a lottery. So, that, so they'll have at least a 16th pick. They have their own first round pick this year. They also have a first round protected pick from Charlotte one through 14. So hopefully – if, depending upon the way the balls fall for that, they would basically get so, uh, hopefully either uh, uh, like outside lottery pick or someone that's like 15 or 16. So theoretically, if the ball's bouncing the Spurs way, the proper way this year, they could wind up with basically three lottery picks, right? And they have a second round this year. That's the Lakers' second round pick. They also have... Doug McDermott coming off the books this year, um, and like they, they'll they have like 40 to $50 million worth of cap room this year also to go out in the market and spend. So if you're the Spurs, it would be dumb for you to try to win when you know you're not going to win. Let's tank. Let's be bad. If the Spurs fuck around and get the number one pick, this draft is not... It has, it has guys that are going to be good players. I don't think it has, like, that one-star guy that everyone is looking after in the NCAA. But this draft is full of guys that are talented, that can dribble, and good wings. So if you're the Spurs, you're either going to use those three picks or you're going to find a team like the Hawks and say, hey, we got three lottery picks. So you to send them two two we lotteries? Got, two we lotteries, got we three, got three, three lottery picks and we three. got enough cap room to absorb Trey Young's contract for a couple of these young guys. We'll give you Devin Vassell and Keldon Johnson and two firsts and a first in the future, give us Trey Young. And then you go out and it's not a lot for Trey. It's not a lot. That's it's not a lot. No, said. no. Yeah. <laughs> you know and, we got to stop acting like like I get that Trey Young has missed the all-star game because of the system and the voting. But this guy is still a guy that's averaged 25 and been top three in the league in assists. We've never seen anybody average this many points in assists and not make an all-star team. It's a literal fact. It's bullshit. He's a leader and the team stinks. That's why. The team, the, the team the ain't team no fucking stinks. worse than LeBron team was when LeBron and made the, uh, the all-star game. When, they, when, they was they was just Cleveland, as bad. That, no, no, game, no. When the it's, Lakers it's like, made when the when LeBron and AD made the All Star game this year, the Lakers were the 11th seed in the play in. Yes, so don't you're right. you're so you're don't right, give me the uh, win. No, I don't know. Right. No, because that, 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 that's, that's that's name, uh, weak. Name recognition and popularity. That's absolutely yes, but but yeah. he got a big name. He just doesn't. It's just that what he it's did great. his Curry first couple years. He went up so high his first couple years, and they have not been able to replicate Call it luck, whatever. You play was in front of you. They have not been able to replicate it, and he gets penalized because of that. The they same way Jason Tatum gets penalized by not being high MVP voting, even though every year he's – but, but that's my whole point with Trey Young. You're literally sitting here telling me that he doesn't win anything, even though he took his team to a conference finals. That was the – It doesn't matter. You play one in front of you, Cam.
3: Your daughter wasn't born then. When they went to the finals, your daughter was not born.
0: You're you're a liar.
3: What are you you talking about? She was never. Lola was not around then. And how is she? She walking and talking now. Ain't she in school by now? Come on. Look at
0: Bro, they did that in 2021. My daughter was a year old. My daughter was born in October of 2020. My daughter was a year old. Stop it. It's Stop being disrespectful long. to Trey Young. He took his team to the conference finals. I, I don't know why you got this v for Trey Young. I've never. I'm not. I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm saying he's good at what he does. They
3: need a shooter who can who can draw somebody out and still allow him to make the passes. I feel
0: you. So so if you're the Spurs, you're going to either get really really young and go and try to and try to rebuild what OKC is doing with this youth movement. Or you're going to trade those picks? Go get a guy like Trey Young, and then you still have thirty to forty million dollars in cap room. Go get you some guys and fill out the roster. Like to me, if I'm the Spurs, Wimby being as good as he is this year before going into the season, I thought, okay, we got four years before we need to make the playoffs. Now I'm thinking we need to make the playoffs next year. And we should be thinking we can win a championship in four years because this guy is as good as LeBron James. He's as good as Shaq. He's as good as David Robinson. He's as good as Wilt Chamberlain. He's as good as magic Johnson. He's as good as he's as good as all of those guys. So you either are going to pussyfoot and play around and make him angry and want to leave or you're going to, because you can tell clearly now that the kid does not like losing. He, he's not. he he does, like, every post game, they, oh, you put up a stat line, nobody, I don't care, we didn't fucking win. What's That's last time what he says every time. When was the last time you seen a rookie grab the mic at post game and say,
3: can I get a, a gold Spurs goal? I don't think I've seen that. He I don't think I've which seen
0: is, that which is even more reason as if I'm the San Antonio Spurs you got to lean into this kid, build a roster around this kid and and don't think that and don't take it for granted because the other thing about it is he's a freak of nature. Freak of natures are fragile. We know that. Now, you can be now LeBron happens to be uh uh, uh impenetrable uh, uh android uh robot, athletic <laughs> yeah. robot, but Victor Wembanyama is a, is, a, is, a, is a physical freak. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. I say that respectfully because we've never seen anything like that before. So yeah, if you the Spurs, oh, we're going to try to build slowly. Yeah, but you don't know if this physical, fragile freak is going to stay in perfect physical condition. So to me, it's like it would be dumb for them to delay trying to accelerate their pace and their growth waiting to be patient for the future when this when we've never seen a kid that's seven foot five that can dribble like kevin durant shoot like kevin durant can play in the post can block shots as good or better than rudy gobert and he's only played 45 games yeah
3: i hate i hate bringing up the i word and i'm not gonna bring it up here but uh it, it's amazing i that word? The 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 it's amazing that the kid hasn't had a, a twisted ankle, oh, a, yeah. a sprained elbow, yeah, um, you know, a, a broken finger. I'm I'm happy for all that. So, but uh, I'm yeah. To, I yeah, think ergonomically yeah.
0: his game doesn't like a lot of big guys. Their game is the reason why they get hurt. Even like right. KD, you always see Kevin Durant on the floor. I very yeah. rarely see Victor Wembanyama. Even Embiid, you always see Embiid. <laughs> Falling on the ground or hitting the ground, I never see this kid on the ground. He does a great job ergonomically of like making sure that his limbs and his body is within himself, so he doesn't lead himself to injury. Like a lot of guys who try to flail. That's also, I think, the benefit of him playing in that French league is like he's used to rugged defense and tough competition because he's a million times better than those guys. So of course they're going to try to be physical with him and rough him up, but. For, for him coming to this league, it's like, yeah, y'all physical, but like for me, it's more about the stamina than it is about the physicality. I need to just make sure I stay within myself and play my game rather than trying to become an NBA player. I think he's just staying himself versus you see guys come in the league and then all of a sudden they flopping and they're doing all the stuff that they weren't doing before because they're trying to play by the NBA rules. And I just think he's just playing basketball because he yeah. wants to be great. And therefore, why do I need to be falling on the ground to try to get a charge? I'm just going to block his shot. Yeah versus in it's like oh I'm going to try to get a charge or or he, when he euro step he going to hit somebody leg on purpose so he can you know get a layup after you take 50 falls, something going to break yeah that's my only thing
3: um no no he, he's he's real good I, I'm uh happy to get your perspective on that but I think uh Wimby and Chet is a rivalry is it's interesting to hear you say if Chet actually played last season it wouldn't even be a conversation. I find that pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, kudos to, kudos to, uh, Wimby and his trainers for keeping them healthy. Um, cause they are doing some different stuff. Um, if you remember, he came, he stayed with his training staff until he got over here, uh, until mm-hmm. after what the summer league. Yeah. He stayed with the training staff who's been training with him personally for like three years, uh, to get him to even ready for the NBA basketball. So kudos to them.
0: For yeah. I didn't them. even know that. Good for them. Yeah. yeah.
3: For getting the kid ready, yep. um, but what I else got, you got?
0: I got one last topic. The Bucks have improved. I think they've won five in a row now. Although they've played some somewhat inferior competition, yeah. they yeah. played the Clippers on the fourth. Uh, the Clippers lost Russell Westbrook; uh, fractured his hand, unfortunate injury. Um, he's probably going to be out for at least six to eight weeks. Um, what are your thoughts on the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, and their improvements. Um, I've seen some basketball people talk about how the Bucks have made some offensive improvements um, as it pertains to, like, Dame Lillard and his offense. They're starting to run um, screens up a lot higher um, near more of the center court and the logo, which allows him to be able to come off those screens and either get downhill or get that pull-up three, which is making life a lot easier for him. Obviously you have Patrick Beverly there being the defensive uh pest that he is. He scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter the other day versus the Bulls and the Bucks win in which Giannis I think have forty six and forty six points and sixteen rebounds. He had twenty he had like twenty-three and eight and something like that in the first half uh what are your thoughts on the bucks and their improvement um do you think that doc has finally figured it out and what do you think is their ceiling i'm very curious because i know that we've talked about doc um and, and you know nauseam since he was covered since he was coaching the clippers what do you think about what they're doing, doing right now well. and can they improve it
3: i don't i think the ceiling uh real quickly i think the ceiling is uh eastern conference finals i don't expect any, uh, NBA Finals or any. Um, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, getting Patrick Beverly, um, him moving to whether he plays. He's going to hold people accountable, uh, whether he's on a, playing with the starters, Dame Lillard and, and Giannis. He's going to hold those guys accountable. Uh, but when he's playing up, when he's on a bench or running that number two squad, him and Portis is going to they're going to click and they're going to be in sync to where they're going to intimidate some players just with their presence alone.
0: Oh yeah, they were doing it versus the Bulls. They were filing really hard. Even Demar Derozan got upset. Um, yeah. Sumo got upset. There was a couple scuffles. continuing. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna
3: they're gonna intimidate and frustrate a lot of their talent just with those two alone. Because um, now Portis does, isn't alone in the fact that, not again. Don't get take this the wrong way. He plays a tough guy game. He also can play. Actually,
0: he's actually a no, pretty. He's good very player. good. He's actually but turned he, he, into a great spot up shooter. Also.
3: But he he has a tough guy mentality. Now you have him, and you have uh, Beverly to unlock his uh, it, uh, that full. Excuse me, unlock that full tough guy mentality out of him. Bring it out of him. Uh, they're gonna that that second team is really gonna uh, help Giannis and um, Giannis and Dame do their thing. So if they're if they're making these adjustments where now Dame feels more free, I think kind of that uh, the All Star game in a, in a weird way, kind of helped Dame. In fact, that I don't want to say rebuild his confidence, but allowed him to feel more confident uh, with the, with the bucks. He's the thing that might be a problem for him moving along. Is he, you've heard him say recently um, he doesn't do anything. Cause there's nothing doing. In, yeah, he's also
0: going through New a York. divorce, which he filed he, for divorce.
3: Yeah. But uh, you coming from, you're coming from Portland. So if, if he can get it, maybe it's a little colder in, in Milwaukee than it was in Portland. But so once once it warms up, maybe you'll feel a little bit better. Um, but nonetheless, if he's able to come into his game and doctor, make these minor adjustments to help him free, feel more freer, um, that's good. And that's kind of Giannis's responsibility too. Giannis try to uh, uh, verbally in the press conference say this is his team. I think Giannis was going too far. But if Giannis yeah. can make him feel more comfortable on the floor, or on the court, and um, help them build up that confidence to show him that. I can play off you just as well as you need to play off me, that that'll make the team better. So they're still trying to figure that out. But they're still number four in the East. I mean, the Eastern Conference isn't that challenging. I just don't expect them to beat Boston um, to get to the NBA Finals. That's my initial prediction. I don't think Embiid is going to come back soon enough to be a factor Mm -hmm.
0: for the the
3: 76ers. So, I mean, who do they really have to beat? They really have
0: to beat Boston, right? Miami too. I, I yeah. it's some about them. It's some about them boys down in Miami. Every, every and when it's when it's game time, they they show they up show when up. it's when it comes for when it, when it comes time for April. Uh, for me personally, I'm actually impressed with what I've seen from the Bucks. Um, you know, kind of coming out of the All Star game, and to me, a, all, most of it is just effort. Um, I think a lot of what you saw with Adrian Griffin was what you see with Darvin Ham. Where he's trying to rile the guys up and be that kind of guy that is the players' coach guy that can get loud or have you know or or like command his respect or like this is what I want to do. And I've seen reports that LeBron will change plays that Darvin Ham drew up leaving the huddle. Like now, nah, fuck that, and do something completely different. So when I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, I think you know Doc brings that presence that you need. But also, what I think that they were really missing was um a passion leader. Bobby Portis is a physic is a physicality leader, but he's not a passion leader. And when I say a passion leader, I mean a passion leader as in like, all right, I gotta stop. All right, cool. Let's get another one. You gotta stop. Oh, okay, cool. Let's go. Oh, oh Giannis, yo, hey You know, like that kind of thing. Um, And I think that they were missing that kind of voice before. Before. I think a lot of people don't really take into account what it is that Patrick Beverly is able to do. And I think that what he does is, is really bring the team together. And a lot of people forget Pat Bev was averaging 30 points a game when he was in high school. So he's not a guy that never was able to put the ball in the bucket. I'm sorry, uh, He's just, you know, developed his own specialty in the league as a defender and a shit talker. And the Bucks didn't have that energy. And I think for you know, now, for the first time, probably since they won a championship, they have someone in the locker room that is not afraid to get in anybody's face right. and call them out in regards to their effort. Um, more so than it is like, oh, you had a bad game. It's like, oh, you had a bad game, but you wasn't even rebounding or you or you didn't go over that screen hard enough. Dame, you need to go over that. Like, you know, you know, damn, you should hit that screen harder. Someone like Draymond, when you see Draymond during, um, you know, the mic'd up sessions where he's pulling the young guys to the side, and like, yo, you should have iced or you should have hedged that a little bit harder or you see Jalen Brunson going to the middle of the floor, take two steps up because we behind you in the lane. He's not going to drive. He's going to like that kind of thing. That's what they didn't really have before. And the fact that Pat Bev even patched up his relationship with Dame and they went to dinner, it just lets me um, believe that they have the tools necessary to win a championship. But the biggest thing for this team boils down to Chris Middleton. He has been a ton of mid lately. He has been hurt a lot lately. And I don't want to disparage him because he's a great player. But he has to be the he has to be without a doubt the arguable it? second best player on the team for them to win a championship. Now
3: and he hasn't been that since they won a the
0: championship. Exactly. And that's my problem because what he allows for them to do is to get easy buckets when he's, when he's on now, he takes a lot of mid range shots and things of that sort. But what makes him special is his ability to get easy buckets whether it's catch and shoot coming off a pick and roll in the mid range just a wide open mid range shot or a two man game that he can run with Giannis or with Brooke that's what he was he was really effective in the finals and in the playoffs running a two man game with Giannis but ever since his knee got messed up he hasn't really been the same player he hasn't had the level of movement that he needs to and his shot hasn't been as fluid his points are down rebounds are down assists are down so for me the biggest x factor on his team is Chris Middleton Um, because unlike a Tobias Harris where I don't really have faith in him in big games versus big teams I've seen Chris Middleton when Giannis fell out the sky go out there and play you know you know with all his heart against the heat Um, and I've seen him even when Giannis got hurt versus the Hawks that year um, go out there and win playoff games as the number one guy, but they need him to do his job. And if he's not going to be there to fulfill that role, then that means guys like Pat Connaughton and Jay Crowder have to fulfill that role and they just aren't that good. So it's my opinion on that.
3: Yeah. Bo champ, hasn't turned that corner like we expect him to do. Um, yeah. March, I expect
0: I'm, him to take a, a big uh, step this year and he just hasn't.
3: Yeah, yeah. He hasn't take he hasn't taken that lead. Um. So yeah, Portis. I mean, you can't expect him to fill that role. And yes, you're right. They haven't had that guy uh, to put up buckets outside of Giannis, and now they got Dame. If you're saying you want Middleton to be the second guy, no, not I'm
0: gonna, not. No, 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 no. I I'm not saying. I, I say I want him to be arguably the second best player on the team. Because if he's arguably the second best player on the team, you actually got a real juggernaut. Like, even looking at his numbers, right, he is averaging literally like five points less a game than he did when they won a championship.
3: Yeah, that's not going to get it done.
0: These numbers are not going to win. Like, he needs to be the 20-point-per-game score that he he was when he was an all-star. If he's not going to be able to do that, they're not going to win a championship. Because the one thing that I can say about the Celtics is they don't just go too deep. They go like ten deep. Yeah, yeah they nine. But 10 deep. but yeah. one through five is crazy. But it's only crazy because KP is playing like he could be the second best player on the team. He's not, but he's playing up to that level. So therefore, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can just operate at their max capacity at their current level. Dame and Giannis, I don't believe, will be able to operate at their maximum capacity with him scoring 15 a game because then that just relegates him to being another guy versus him being a guy that can be a game changer. And during that championship run, Chris Middleton was a game changer. And since he's been injured, he's just been a guy.
3: Yeah, so... Can I think so? A bigger question: You asked, "Can Doc make a difference? Can Doc unlock Chris? Uh, Chris Middleton, or is there anything left there to unlock?"
0: I that see, and that might be the big question because even looking at this, like I didn't even realize Chris Middleton has been in the league twelve years. Yeah, this is yeah, kind of this is what is how what old is how he? He's thirty-two. He's old. He's old. He's old. Yeah. He's old with knee problems. It I'm might saying. it is, might be over anything, for him.
3: Yeah, is there anything left there to, to unlock? And this is the, this is a run. This somebody got to answer that. But you know, Doc had trouble getting something out of that third guy, a la uh Tobias. Uh, Tobias, yes, a, a, a la Tobias. Like he just expected Tobias to come in there and get and get his 20, although uh, Tobias get, gave you 17 every night. Uh, but you could if you ran a play or two or more, that might get him over that that twenty point uh hump. But if he runs a play or two for uh, Chris Middleton, is that going to be a factor? Is he is he wasting is he wasting minutes or taking the camaraderie away? That's yet to be seen. To me, mm. I don't.
0: To me, I think that it, even if you look at this column, this minutes per game, he's playing the he's playing on, honestly the third lowest minutes he's ever played in his career. Um. So to me, I think that they need to lean into him more. And if he is getting to the point where he is healthy, now is the time to actually say, Hey, Chris, we need you to be as good as Dame, as good as Giannis. We believe we believe you have that in you. We're gonna put the onus on you to, to make that happen. We're gonna put the ball in your hands. We're gonna ramp your minutes up to get you more around thirty and and let's try to go out and actually like win this, and you still be the guy and as valuable as you were when we won that championship. Because this team only goes as far as Chris Middleton will will allow them to go. Because because in the playoffs, what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna trap Dame a lot. They're gonna send a lot of doubles. It's gonna be a lot of screens where the big guys gonna rotate uh, late on purpose, so that way they can try to force Giannis to 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 to. to to make baskets in the post. They're going to pack the paint, which means that they're going to need mid-range and three-point shots to open that up a little bit and allow those driving lanes. Brook Lopez no longer has any desires to play inside of the post. He just wants to shoot threes and float. So you need guys that can play inside that will open up versus those defenses so that way you don't end up in a situation like you ended up where you lose to Miami because they just packed the paint. Um, and I think that is, to me, the thing that makes the Bucks the most vulnerable. And I think if Doc is worth his money, um, th- that won't be an issue for them because it has been an issue for them for the past, I would say, honestly, f- six years of teams packing the paint and being able to take Giannis Antetokounmpo out of his game. Now, I think Dame, he will be able to alleviate that some. But at the end of the day, I think you still need another playmaker in order for you to be dynamic enough to beat Philly, to beat Boston, to beat even a team like Indiana, um, who's had uh, the Milwaukee Bucks number all year long, um, right. you know what I mean? And and, and this and, and even the thing about it is like he's not an all level uh, all NBA level defender, but Chris Middleton is not a bad defender. He's a very solid defender. So even losing him on defense versus having to have. A uh, older and washed up Jay Crowder. You're, you know, you're losing on multiple fronts by not having Chris Middleton in that lineup and healthy. So if they can get him healthy, I think that they'll be able to figure it out. But Cam, I appreciate you for joining me on two for one. I'm tired. I'm sure you are. I'm about ready to get up out of here. Talk to the people. Let them know where they can find you at. I appreciate you for joining me.
3: Thanks for having me. Uh feel free to join us every Wednesday night, Voice of the Fans, right here on this network, HMP Media. Thank you guys for shooting uh calling us up. Also, fans, thank uh please tune in to voice of the fans.org. Check out voiceofthefans.org. That's where you can find all of our content from articles to the podcast to our exclusive videos. You can find all of our content there, voice of the org. Thank you, thank you for having me. And as always, fans, thank you for making our voice your choice.
0: Alrighty, that's my guy Cam Buford I appreciate him, thank you, shout out to all of the fans From around the world that watched I know I went on late uh, But I just felt like I, I gotta get back to making the content Giving you all what you need Keep continuing to make sure this channel Is fed with different voices And new styles, new visuals We have a complete redesign coming For Hoops and Brews Happy Hour As well as Hoops and Brews um, Joe will be back on Hoops and Brews In March, so I'm very excited I hope you all are it's been a great show Thank you all for tuning in It's your boy TPJ You all have a good night or a good morning wherever you are Until then, I'll get it with y'all later